Hello, and welcome to Innate Life Reclamation Podcast. Join us to listen in to get more in tune with the inborn magnificence in our world, in our bodies, and in our lives. I'm Dr. Lona Cook. And I'm Dr. Danny Otis. Our mission is to help people reconnect to their inner wisdom and use it in their everyday lives to transform their well being by having real conversations clinical insights, and opportunities for you to apply your own inborn intelligence to your everyday life. So start now by tuning in and turning on to the full potential of your body and life. Welcome back. We're in our final days and I'm excited because my girlfriend and I love hearing the ideas she's dreaming up. We're in in healthcare, but in different facets of healthcare. Kelly Cook, although we're not related, we could be with our same last name now. Uh, <laughs> nurse practitioner and just has a heart for so many things related to holistic health. So welcome, Kelly. Hello. Thank you. It's good to be here. Awesome. And you and I were just chatting about what direction we wanted to take the conversation. And you dropped some good things we should have just been recording right then. Um, but we'll start the conversation with kind of your awakening in 2013, if you want to tell us a bit about what happened for you around that time. Yes, I, um, so I, as the preface here, I've been, a, uh, I was a nurse for six years and then a nurse practitioner starting in 2011. So I've always um, really loved the, the physical body and um, helping people and myself feel well. Um, I definitely always gravitated towards the natural side of kind of allowing your body to heal itself and um, have those um, uh, modalities of healing be more natural. But yes, in 2000, so then I from 2011 to 2013, working as a nurse practitioner, I, um, you know, really saw that the medical teachings that I had in school and then the medical fields that I was working in emergency medicine and inpatient hospital um, medicine just really did not embrace the body and the, the you know, your capability to, to know how to listen to your body. Um, in 2013, I really had, um, I was seeking, I don't think I realized that I was seeking, but I was seeking, um, just a deeper connection with myself and, um, and health and wellness and other people. And I started going to, um, a yoga studio, quite regularly and um and the connection with mind body spirit just hit me like a ton of bricks um <clears throat> I remember being yoga. I think it was the doing the yoga that allowed for your mind to open up to more or that's an inter- it's interesting that you were physically doing something and then this right. happened yeah absolutely and I, I and I there again I don't I kind of stumbled into that connection because I was going to the classes, realizing that my mind and my spiritual connection was growing more than my physical body, which is why I went to the class in the first place. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And I just was like, and I loved it and I yearned for it more. You know, I just loved it. And I, um, certain teachers I definitely gravitated more towards because of that um, 
just spirit. I felt like it was more of a spiritual experience during the yoga class than like an exercise. So, um, yeah, that was in 2013. And then I really, um, grew in like my yoga practice and learning about yoga that way. And, um, I started to want to share that with patients and share it with, um, friends and everything. And then in 2014, I went to um, a retreat at the Christine Center in um, Whitehall, is it? Yeah, I think around there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, somewhere around there. And, um, and really started on a self love journey that I think I desperately needed in order to um, just grow in, in my mind, body, spirit connection and grow as a, a healer, um, and grow as, um, just a human, Mm -hmm. you know, and we, we talk a lot about some of these things as you get into holistic health, there, there are lots of uh, conversations around your state and love and joy and gratitude and self-love. And I think sometimes for people who maybe haven't had that thought process yet it sounds so murky <laughs> like and then mm-hmm. up to self-love and and things change you know and it's like well what changed or how did you wake up to self-love like what does that mean and mm-hmm. um I guess a question I have for you is if if you think back to kind of like that time period and the transition you went for or went through you know how did you start to identify you were changing Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a feeling as well as I started shifting my outlook mm-hmm. and in the shifting my outlook, um, I started experiencing life differently. Um, I started, I think truly being able to, um, enjoy and make space for, um, myself and make space for, um, just gratitude and, and just space. I think, I think making space was, I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, make space. (laughs) (laughs) I love you just dropped a huge nugget, like a shift in your outlook. And that was the beginning of starting to have space for, yourself. Um, I was journaling this morning because I'm home with a child who is expressing some symptoms today. And while he was sleeping, I looked at this journal and one of the questions was, what does my future self know that I need to change? Mm-hmm. And you think about the version of your future self. And then what do I, what is that version thinking about and what are they not thinking about? Mm-hmm. And I think that's so, as so many, you know, Kelly, you and I are both in like the thick of young kids and busyness and mm. and stuff. And sometimes it really does feel like a challenge to create space, but that's mm. almost like exactly when the space has to be prioritized. Yes. Yeah. And I think it, it gets easier too, because um, well, like anything, if you do it more often, it becomes more habitual. And now I think it's less of a, Sometimes I still have to stop and be like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to focus on 
making space for myself again or something. But a lot of times I do find that I've, I've gotten to where I'll make space in just a few minutes of day that I, I can just like breathe and look around and I can, you know, meditate to just a few seconds or a few minutes or, you know, feel that warmth of, you know, connection. Um, and so it gets easier, a lot easier, but I, I think I'm still, I mean, it, it, we're all continually growing. And, um, so, I mean, I like to think that my future self would just say, just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And keep having space to dream about, you know, where you would like to create space really. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, and I think I, I was reading something yesterday that it was, it was talking about business and careers. And it said, you know, if you are a coach, it was talking about like consulting or coaching and you told a woman with kid, young kids at home that they need to get up earlier in order to be more successful. You're part <laughs> of the problem. And I, and I laughed a little because, you know, it, that's a judgment, but it is true that sometimes the space that needs to be created is the just ability of like, it's okay. You know, it's okay to self-love might be the sleeping in the, Mm -hmm. it's okay to let a ball drop, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, even right now, I mean, I, I, I have four children and one of them is four months old. And so I, I have to give my, like, check myself sometimes because it's like, it's okay that even though I love, passionately love to be outside and be, um, you know, snowshoeing and going to yoga and like just being, just being. Mm-hmm. And so then I sometimes I'll have this thought that I have to cancel, make it go away because it's like, it's okay that I'm not doing those things right now but I'm still able to make space for myself. And that space is like not waking up early because I need sleep. Mm-hmm. And so the best part of, but the best me is if I don't wake up early. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, another conversation I had in the last week was with someone who um, for the first parts of her life, she would have been the person that if something was asked of her, she pretty much always said yes. And it might've been, yes, she wanted to. And it might've also been like grudgingly, I'll just say yes. And Mm -hmm. so of course her family identified her in a way where, well, if you need something done, ask her, you know? Mm -hmm. And so she had said no to something for them this past weekend. I said, how does that feel? How did they react the first few times you started doing that? Cause I assumed she'd been doing it for a little while where she was, you know, asserting what she really wanted and mm-hmm. she still feels weird. It still feels uncomfortable because she had so many years of not doing it that way. So, you know, just because you're moving more into self-love and space, does it also mean that it's not highly uncomfortable? Yes. Yeah. And, and you don't have to always explain yourself. I think that like feeling that you have to explain why you said no, mm-hmm. still part um, not self-loving. Yes. yes. I don't know. I, I think just being like, well, I really need, you know, whatever, whatever it is you really need. And that's good. That, that's, that's good to feel that you're making space for yourself. And, um, and I, that's something that I've tried to tell 
patience too. And, um, and just kind of picking, picking one thing and maybe not trying to pick everything or maybe not trying to, you know, self-love in every single way and just picking one thing that they feel like they can do and focus on that. And, um, yeah, it's been a theme. Dr. Amanda talked about it some in her talk, which was like, you know, you're using your voice can be an act of self-love, right? Mm-hmm. And then for someone else, maybe knowing that you don't have to use your, your voice, you don't have to explain yourself. That may be an act of self-love. It depends on the situation, which is, again, we just go back to like, wherever you are, there you are, you know, like it's about you knowing yourself. And I think that I actually have struggled with sharing my voice because I, um, have kind of always been in this in I, I work as an in a different world than maybe I um fully embrace you know and so I I haven't shared my voice as much as I could um but now in the last probably six months I have felt free to do that I think I've, I'm letting go of the the barrier or the feeling like I would be judged or less worthy in my profession Mm -hmm. if I was you know really speaking about mind body spirit connection and um and just being being really open with patients about that so um I've I've definitely shared that and I I don't I've let go of the fact that um there are providers in my field who would you know see that as um not a worthy discussion or not something that I guess I, I, so what, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess I let go of that and it's, it's more worthy um, the time that you spend connecting with patients and connecting with people on um, any level has been valuable. Yeah. That's awesome. Connection. Okay. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, um, but I know you can speak to it. If you could like snap your fingers and have a magical ball and create a version of what healthcare could look like in the future, what do you see? Mm, I would see um, certainly more of a, well, certainly decentralized, definitely right off the bat, um, you know, taking out that, um, that control from government and insurance that dictates what can and can't be done or covered or said, um, I would definitely take that up. Um, but also I would just, I would like to embrace and have people come to come to the realization that their body is able to, heal itself that your if your mind and your your spirit are also connected with you know your high, the higher consciousness that you have the the innate knowledge to heal and um the whole pharmaceutical world and i could just go away <laughs> you could just go away yeah for most parts right I, 
there I know that there are you know short term um, things that might be might be short term beneficial for from a pharmaceutical standpoint but um, yeah mm-hmm. that would yes there's a renaissance then of people understanding that their body is self healing yes you know i know you had when we were talking before we started recording you had mentioned the book louise hay um you can heal your life and that mm-hmm. was a pivotal read for you and mm-hmm. what captain when you're talking about that is you know there are a lot of people so many of I mean, all of us at various points will have things going on with our body where we seem like okay my physical body or my body is nudging me for something it's telling me something mm-hmm. and I don't like what it's trying to express to me so mm-hmm. just I'll use my example right now you know my son is home and he's had diarrhea for three days and I'm like okay his system's getting rid of something so just need to let it run its course right now but obviously we're watching what's happening and, and then I'm, I'm asking myself on a deeper level okay what is it getting rid of you know what is physically, did he eat something mentally, emotionally, there's been a lot of stress in our household, Uh It's all the layers to it. And I think that's one part of this discussion is just the curiosity that needs to come back about an openness of like, well, my body is telling me something and maybe I'm not aware of what it's trying to show me because otherwise it wouldn't have to be like nudging me so hard. Uh, And so I think as healthcare maybe shifts in that direction, somehow there has to be an opening where we're willing to listen and get curious about what it's sharing with us. If we're going to take the responsibilities on of being our own best doctor. Right. Yeah. And kids, especially, um, you know, tend to have a physical symptom when they're dealing with something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think adults, adults appreciate that more than they appreciate it that an adult might have a physical symptom when they're going through something. It's like, if you say that to uh, a parent, well, you know, do they have a, a tummy ache because of, you know, or have they going through something or, you know, have they not slept well or, you know, this, that, oh yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they, they had a really, whatever, you know, something on with a family member or something that they can detect and and the parent will appreciate that and kind of uh, embrace that more than if you say, well, have you been going through something that's making you have a migraine or, you know, that, that your body is displaying that symptom. Right. Well, and, and to, to play off of that too, I think a lot of times because we're, we don't have space, <laughs> go back to the space. We don't, we haven't given ourselves space for maybe years to really mm-hmm. be connected on that level. When that question gets asked you, it's such a, it's such a different question than most of the time we've been asked. Mm-hmm. So oh, nothing's really different because really in their mind, nothing is different because they've been like this for a long time. And then maybe they've mm-hmm. had migraines for a long time, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's so fascinating. I think it's, it's like almost like a map so many times, if you could go back to when it first started and really mm. see what was like physically going on, mentally, emotionally going on, spiritually going on around that person, mm-hmm. it, it would share a lot of information, you know, whether that person really was aware of it or not. 
Right. Yep. I definitely, even, even a complaint of chest pain, you know, or something like that. And I, you know, I sit down and say, is, is what's been going on, you know, recently? I mean, what do you, what do you, how are you sleeping? And, you know, you know, somebody might, I can think of many times say, well, my mom passed away and I'm dealing with cleaning out, you know, her apartment. And, you know, now we're dealing with whatever bills she had and, um, okay. You know, it's like, yeah, that's big stuff. And even if it's not big stuff, it, it, it still can manifest in, in ways. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. But it also is exciting. I do think there are more and more people open to connecting some of those dots. So that's definitely, especially if you're willing to sit down and really talk about it and not just say, well, it's probably anxiety. Yeah. Here's a pill. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it might be anxiety, but it's, it's way deeper than just anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything else if you were thinking about baby steps for people kind of wanting to connect more dots for themselves or wanting to work on giving themselves more space? Like what would you Mm -hmm. offer as a starting point? I think self-love is a really great starting point and um, just doing something that you consider self-love is uh, however you consider that to be um, whatever is most comfortable. You don't have to do something that someone else considers self-love. It's your, your self-love. Um, and it just kind of, um, whether you decided to do that thing a little bit each day or one time a week or, you know, one time every other week, it's some, the more often you do it, the more habitual it will become, the easier it'll become. And it'll definitely, guarantee you if you are doing things that help you feel self-love even if it's just stopping yourself mid-thought mm-hmm. and saying that's not serving me mm-hmm. I, you know cancel that even if you have to do that 100 times a day you know that's that can be self-love and changing your thoughts to um you know say something say the so say the positive say if you are catching yourself saying oh you know, it's a bad, it's, this is a really rough day. Well then stop and say, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm appreciating or, you know, I, I love myself. I, I love that I can look outside and appreciate, you know, the sunshine or something like that. Some little positive thought that, um, turns it around. Totally. Love that. That's great. And where, if people wanted to find you, where could they reach out to find you? Hmm. Um, <laughs> I am, so I'm a nurse practitioner in the hospital, so I'm not necessarily a accessible nurse practitioner to people, but um, I don't want to find you right there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but we'll be happier there if we ended up there. Yeah. Right. I am accessible, um, through you. Um, I, I'm into the chiropractic, um, office there quite a bit. I'm also accessible by email or phone or on, on Facebook. Um, and I am part-time also at Wasota Doc, my husband's business. So I'm, I'm physically there, um, 
but I'm always accessible. <laughs> Just have to reach out and find me. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for joining us at Innate Life Reclamation Podcast. We hope you found tips and tricks to start incorporating innate into your everyday life because it is in your everyday life, whether you see it or not. You can find both Dr. Danny and myself at cookchirocenter.com or on any of our social media. And we'd love for you to share our podcast and leave us a review. Thanks for listening.